four years, I've worked in a job where I get to work from home. The house I live in has two levels to it. The room I work from that I call my office is upstairs. This experience I'm about to tell you was the most unsettling thing to ever happen to me. To be honest, other than a few select people, I haven't talked much about it. It's honestly something I don't like thinking about. It was midday on a Wednesday. I was getting ready to have my lunch break when I heard a knock on my front door. I get up from my chair, walk out of the room and down the stairs. I unlock my front door and when it swings open, I find two children, a boy and a girl who would have been maybe eight or nine years old. They look to be siblings, both with blue eyes and blonde hair. They were dressed in what I can only describe as a dull type of uniform, something that maybe they wore to school, but there wasn't any identifiable school name or emblem. I ask what I could do for them thinking maybe they were door knocking, looking for donations or something like that. The boy spoke first. My sister and I are lost. Can we come inside? I asked them where they came from and if their parents had been with them. We are lost and need to come inside, the boy replied again. Do you know your parents' phone number or someone who we could call? We don't know, we need to come inside. Now at this point, I was thinking I needed to call someone or somehow get these kids some help, but the next thing that happened made me pause. We are nothing to be frightened of. We need to come inside. Please, we're lost. I'm sure our parents will be along soon. I looked around and my street was dead quiet. No cars, no one out walking, it was dead. I wasn't sure what I was going to do when my phone began to ring upstairs in my office. When it rang, I stepped back into the house before turning back to the kids to tell them to wait while I went to answer it. When I turned back around, they weren't there. I mean, I turned for two seconds and they had vanished. I closed the door and ran upstairs to answer my phone. It was my husband calling on his lunch break. I fill him in on the strange encounter and he said maybe I should go for a walk to see if I could find them. I hang the phone up, and then there's yet another knock at the door. I head back downstairs, open the door, and there they are again. This time, they won't make eye contact with me. We are lost and need to come in, the boy said again. His tone sounded more demanding this time. Before I could respond, the girl also stated, We are lost and need to come in. There isn't much time left. I start to say, Okay, let's get you inside and figure this out. Right at that moment, they both looked up at me, their blue eyes now pure black. I stepped back inside and slammed the door without hesitating. 
I walked into our kitchen and peeped out the window from where I could see the front doorstep. They weren't there. I'm in a bit of a panic at this stage. What made their eyes change color and why did they want to come inside so badly? I thought I'd best bring my husband, so I head upstairs when I hear a knocking on my back door, which leads to my garden. Then another knock on the front door. I can faintly hear, we are lost, let us inside. I ran into my office and called my husband. He answers and tells me he could head home to come and check on the situation. The kids never came back. I don't know what I saw that day, but I honestly don't think those kids were normal by any means. If someone was pulling a prank, then it worked, but the feeling I got from them, the rehearsed nature and the black eyes was just the most sinister thing I have ever experienced. Our next account comes from Offera 006, Birmingham, the United Kingdom. This was a few years back. I was 17, doing me A-levels in college. Over the Christmas break, my dad saw it work for me in this uh, local bar restaurant called Stewart's. We went there all the time growing up. Just classic English food and that. And the guy who owned it, who was actually called don't know why it was called Stewart's, was always a bit of a funny one. Like when it was someone's birthday, he used to bellow out a song like an opera singer. Also he had these uh, his handlebar moustache, like he was out of some old porn film from the 70s. So I thought it'd be an easy time working there, you know, he seemed like a laugh. I was just going to help out in the kitchens anyway, you know, like do a bit of washing, help prep the food, just to just be an extra pair of hands over the busy holiday period. On my first night, I noticed that, like, some of the male staff members, or, like, all of them, really, always asked if someone was in the loo. Like, they'd go, somebody already in there? We're needing it. If not, they would wait for someone, or someone would offer to go with them. And it was like a big toilet, like, they had half a dozen stalls and taps. So I thought it was a bit odd. All night, at least two blokes were going into those toilets. I asked one of them what it was all about, and he said, just feels wrong in there. The toilets were just off the kitchen for, like, this heavy door. You feel like you have to push the thing open, and then as soon as you let it go, it slams right behind you. And then again to the men's in like this, you have to walk down this hall without any windows and the men's was at the very end of this hall and it had a door that also just slammed. So you have this like, then walk in in this cold, horrible, it was dark, like sounds so typical, but it was horrible and then slams again. There's a ghost, the way it told me. And like, I thought he was like, you know, taking the piss, you know, like I'm the new lad and this is just like a joke, like he's gonna ask me to go around and get some elbow grease from the shop around the corner in a minute. Though he went on about how there was this World War One soldier who deserted and hid in the building and then was found dead. And like, for me, like, you know, I'm open to ghosts or like I was, but you know, I wasn't this big believer, I wasn't gonna jump in just cause someone said, so I just imagine it was just some joke the owner kept on, like, because he, he'd owned the place forever. Either way, after time, I never needed the loo. I lived about 10 minutes away from home and I was on my bike back then, so I'd use his pedal home and, that, and that'd be it, really. So I never really had to think about the loose. A week or two later, though, I was doing the clothes down, so I popped round to the bar to speak with about something. 
He always sat at the bar when we were shut. He was doing the night's takings, like, fully, with the calculator, pencil and paper. He had, like, an old-school filing system in his office. I noticed, though, he was talking. Not talking to himself, like, actually talking with an unseen person. I couldn't see anyone. I asked if he was all right, and he looked at me as if he didn't even notice. I'd just walked up to him. He explained, casually, like it was nothing, that he was talking to the ghost. And so again, I thought he was taking the mick. I thought he was joking with me. And he goes, oh, no, I'm, I'm used to him now. He's like a regular that never caused me any issues, except for this one time now. He told me about how once he left a regular to the bar, close up for him. This fella had a girl and just wanted to keep chatting. So, agreed and left him the keys. Only he reckoned that the ghost didn't really like that. So the next morning when came back, he finds plates and glasses shattered all over the place. And when he saw the regular, the fella told him that as soon as he left, the ghost started slamming doors, breaking plates. Goes and tells me, so I always make sure I'm first in and last out now. I asked about the toilets and why so many thought they felt off. Oh, well, that's where he was found, the soldier. The room he was hiding in is now what the, the men toilets is. I was thinking, oh, Christ. Anyway, it was my last week and I found I was alone in the kitchen. I had to come in early for a prep. I had to go out and the chef had went to the shops to pick up some stuff. And you know what? I was bursting for the toilet. You know, it was in the back of my head, you know, not to go in by myself, so I waited. But you know, it just got so bad I had to just go in. And like, even though I knew nothing would happen and I'd be fine, I just couldn't help but feel like when I was, you know, when that door slammed behind me and I was walking down that bloody horrible corridor. Couldn't help feel like I was like breaking a sacred rule or like an agreement and that I was gonna get in trouble. Well, I was at the, standing at the urinal and I hear the, the first door slam out the hall and I think, oh, that must be the chef back. Then I hear the toilet door open and slams. And I yell out, because I got my back to it, if he was all right, everything's all right. And he, no one says a thing. Though I feel like there's someone in there. And I turn and I just can't see anyone. And, you know, just as I'm just standing there, I feel these heavy footsteps just come up behind me. And they're slamming heavily behind me. They're thumping so much that, like, I feel my feet vibrate. And I feel this breath go down my neck like someone's leaning down over me. And it's like this croaky kind of cough. Like, I don't hear words, but it's just enough. Like it was a warning. I didn't even wash my hands. I legged it out of there. I told the chef and later, and they gave me this look. Like, not a look like I was bullshitting them. Like, like I was an idiot. That, like, I should have known better than to go in the toilets by myself. And, you know, for the rest of the time there, I never went in those toilets. Not for any reason. Not even if somebody wanted someone to go in with them. I didn't go in. And I can still picture those now. Sounds stupid. And it's just horrible to think about that horrible cold going down my neck. Makes, makes me feel uncomfortable even now.
or follow the link in the podcast description. Now, let's rejoin the communion. Our final account for this communion comes from Offerer 007, Michigan, the United States. Something would watch me at my boyfriend's house. I've always believed in the paranormal. I've had experiences my whole life. I feel it's a common thread in my family and both my mother and grandmother are exactly the same. I was dating a guy in my early 20s. He was a little older and owned a beautiful old home. I remember seeing the exterior for the first time and just fell in love with it. That's until I stepped inside. It was instant, that punch in the stomach feeling. I knew something was really off about this house. I didn't say anything as it wasn't my place. I just hoped the feeling would pass. I went over a few times, but I wouldn't stay the night. When I did eventually stay over, the feeling, I would say, passed a little. I got comfortable enough to forget all about it by the time we went to bed. My boyfriend went for a jog the next morning, and this was the first time I was alone in the house. I decided to use this time to shower and get ready for the day, but it was strange. As soon as I got up to walk to the bathroom, the feeling of being watched, I wasn't wearing clothes and the feeling of needing to cover up was so strange. I brushed it off and jumped in the shower. I felt the same feeling the whole time in the shower. Imagine showering in front of a creepy stranger. That's how it felt. I went to reach for the towel on the towel rack and couldn't find it. That's where it was before I began to shower. I, I made sure of it. I step out and it's on the counter by the sink. I don't know how it got there and that's when I see it. A massive handprint on the steamed up mirror. I absolutely freaked. The hand was elongated and almost claw-like. I grabbed my towel and locked myself in the bedroom until my boyfriend returned. He himself had never had anything like that happen to him in that house. He did, however, believe me, or at least he told me he did. So two nights later, I was back staying with him and I was just, just really aware of my surroundings. I really couldn't relax. I told my boyfriend I just wanted to go to bed. I started to strip off my clothes and it hit me again. The sense of eyes from all directions. I grabbed a t-shirt from my boyfriend and got under the sheets. 
I remember waking, the room was silent and dark. I went to roll over from my stomach to my back to check my phone for the time, but I couldn't move. I could feel two hands on my upper back and I guess what I can describe as something sitting on my lower back. I instantly tried to scream, but no noise came out. I was, I was powerless, being held captive by something I couldn't see. I kept fighting though, and just as I was ready to give up, I broke loose. In that moment, I turned, a sharp pain grazed my back. It was like I had been cut by something. I stand up and start screaming, and my boyfriend runs into the room and turns on the light. He had trouble sleeping and went back downstairs to grab something to eat, so he wasn't in the room when all this took place. I lifted the shirt I was wearing and turned to look in the bathroom mirror. There were four defined claw marks. I got my things and left. I couldn't be in that house any longer. This was obviously a big part in us breaking up. He loved that house and I, I couldn't be anywhere near it. We lost touch and I don't know if anything like that happened again. I hope for his sake, it didn't. Thank you, Offerer 005, 006, and 007. Join them by making an offering. Email your audio recording to the Offerings Podcast at gmail.com or follow the link in the podcast description. Please join me in spreading the offerings. It's extremely important that these accounts are heard. You will all see in time. It's coming. <laughs>